0: Day late and a dollar short. Story of my life. We got a lot to talk about today. Amir Reap, Jocelyn Wint, no longer a part of the Ohio State football program due to allegations and criminal charges of rape and kidnapping. We'll discuss that situation, as unpleasant as it is, coming up here in just a minute on Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. Got some basketball to discuss. Ohio State with a big home win against Rutgers a team that is a definite NCAA tournament team very very good win over a really good defensive team we'll discuss what that means for the Buckeyes and Mel Tucker your new Michigan State University football coach a few thoughts on that coming up what that means for the Michigan State program and the Big Ten at large. Lock on Buckeyes your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast thanks for giving us a listen on the platform of your choice be sure to spread the word to your friends and family members and anybody you know that would love to listen to a Buckeyes podcast up to five days a week. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Follow the show at Lock on Buckeye. We'll be back to discuss Amir Reap and Jocelyn Wentz situation as they have been kicked off the Ohio State football team in just one moment. All right, so unfortunately, we've got to address the elephant in the room, the unpleasant topic that is a day late and a dollar short, thanks to some very, very bad timing for me personally. Last night, or the night before, when I was recording the podcast Monday night when the news broke, I'd actually gotten tipped off about this situation. I had heard from somebody that this was going down that Justin Wendt and Amir Reap were in quite a bit of trouble over these allegations. And I had been told specifically what the allegations were. But of course, there's always the issue of, well, until this breaks publicly or I can confirm it, I can't discuss it. And I try specifically to record my podcasts late in the evening to allow situations like this to transpire because you never know when breaking news is going to come out. And you want to be as topical as you can. So when people are listening to the Lockdown Buckeyes podcast in the morning, when they're on, to, on their way to work or, or however you listen or whenever you listen, I like for it to be fresh and, and new information and something topical from the day before. So I try to record later in the evening to allow for breaking news and make sure I know what topics I want to talk about. Well, obviously, an hour before recording the podcast for Tuesday on Monday evening, I know that this was possibly going to break if it were legit. And I'm going through all the law enforcement databases to see if I can find a police report on this alleged incident because I had known it took place last week and I knew that allegedly the warrant had already been issued for their arrest. So it should be in the database and I was looking all through them and I didn't have any luck. And then, so I went ahead, I recorded the podcast Poor Tuesday. And lo and behold, I get done recording it. And as soon as I get done editing it to go upload it, there is the news. I get a call that it's coming. And then, of course, it finally comes out publicly. And I found the police report right as the news broke uh, with the 11 Warriors report, I think was the first one to come out with it. But i had already been chipped off, but the podcast was done. So I'm like, you know what? It's like an hour and a half long process to record, edit, and upload a 30-minute podcast. So at that point, I'm like, I'm going to go ahead with it. We'll just upload it, and then we'll discuss it on the next day. So here we are, a day late and a dollar short. And, of course, by now, you already know that Tuesday, Ohio State uh, – or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, Ohio State dismissed Went and Reap. What I know about this is, you know, I've heard other details, and we're not going to talk about the details because at this point, it doesn't matter because Reap and Wint are no longer a part of Ohio State. Personally, this is just my own ideal. I would have liked to seen due process play out a little bit because I, I'm just an idealist, and and I think that everybody, even though it's not your right to play football, I kind of like to see guys be given the chance for the legal system to play out because we have seen so many times in the past where there's Duke lacrosse players, Garyon Conley being... Uh, accused of rape so many times these allegations come through some get charged some don't but too often not every time you know there are a lot of credible credible accusations and some that never make it to the point of being charged but sometimes there are fake reports it's unfortunately just part of our society and so i always like to give the benefit of the doubt to athletes even if it's being suspended from team activities while that plays out I'm an idealist and like to give him a chance, but I will say this, Ryan Day, from what I understand, he gave them a chance to defend themselves privately. He got the police report. He got all the details. Clearly, Ryan Day did not make this decision easily. He did not make it half-heartedly. He was thorough about the decision. He decided from all of the evidence, from everything he has heard from the situation and all the circumstances around the allegations, he just felt it wasn't worth it. I respect that. I can't blame him. It is his program, and he should run it how he sees fit. I've heard some details myself. I'm not going to share them because, A, I haven't secondary confirmed them, and, B, even if I had, I think it's it's it, it's not it's pointless at this point to really gloss over them. But I will say this. There are some very concerning aspects to the story. As much as I want to give them a benefit of the doubt, there are some hair-raising details where, if true— then it certainly points to uh, a situation that's hard to believe them because it really comes down to the case is going to boil down. Was this a consensual act? Did it start off that way? And did it finish that way? Because according to the allegation, the complaint made by the alleged victim, it started consensually. She changed her mind, did not want to go through with it. And then it happened anyhow. And obviously that's not okay. So the issue is going to come down to, Did it finish as a consensual act or not? But as far as Ohio State is concerned, this is no longer going to matter. This is not an Ohio State issue. The two have been dismissed from the team. As I said, personally, I would have liked to see due process play out to see what comes of it. But I can't blame Ryan Day for wanting to cut ties, especially if he gave a fair chance to at least hear both sides of the story before making this a permanent decision but a couple things that that do kind of irk me if they had played it out you know some people would say well if they're guilty i don't want them on the team if they were going to be found guilty it wouldn't matter because they'd be behind bars for a long time that's just the unfortunate circumstance here is this is a very very serious situation where if they are guilty of the accusation of these charges that are coming against them they're going to be spending a lot of time behind bars and they should be obviously because this is a very serious allegation. They should spend time behind bars if they're guilty of it. So if they were found guilty, though, they wouldn't be back at Ohio State anyhow. But hey, that's, that's spilled milk now. There's no reason to worry about that. They will no longer be a part of Ohio State. I don't think Jocelyn Witt was going to be a big part of Ohio State's secondary for this year as far as how it relates to Ohio State. Amir Reap certainly had a chance to position himself and compete for a starting position, either at the opposite corner of Sean Wade or is that third corner, the slot corner, as they've been calling it this year. He had a chance to be a big factor. And I don't even have to go into the aspect of how stupid this is, especially if true. You know, if it were a consensual act, okay, we could debate whether or not it was smart to be in that position or not. Some people will say it's not a big deal. Other people will say that's a huge deal. It's still bad decision-making I We we don't need to argue that point, but we can say, man, what what is going through a person's head? I don't understand what's going through a person's head, why these things happen in the first place, but especially a guy that is in a position to make a career for himself, a very successful career, it's really perplexing why you would put yourself in such a situation, and I don't understand it. But we are where we are. All I can say is this. The one thing that I do want to get off my shoulders because I think it's important is whether you're an Ohio State fan or you're a, a fan of a, an opposing team looking at this situation. I hope that we stop doing the thing where our first instinct is to say, man, what were they thinking? Look look how bad this looks for Ohio State or like we saw this one Clemson account, this fan account of, of a uh, Clemson fan and looking at the situation and, and trying to use this to prop up the Clemson program. Look at us, you know, look at our culture. We don't go through these things. I cannot express enough how much that irritates me. And I'm sure most of you agree with that. It's just not important. Okay. We're talking about an accusation. If true, you know, this has got to be very traumatizing for a young woman to go through that. If, if that's what happened. And for any person to trivialize that and put football most important football first, I'm sorry, that's just that's just not okay. You know, it, it shouldn't matter for Buckeye fans how this looks to Ohio State, okay, or, or percep- perceived by other fans. That's not the important thing here. What they decided to do, their decision making process, what they do away, and, and honestly, what they do in, in their bedrooms, to me, isn't an issue for Buckeye fans if it were a consensual act, but what they allegedly did, that doesn't matter to Ohio state. That just matters period to any human being. And that should be the focus. And I'm really disappointed with a lot of people out there, some Ohio state fans and many not Ohio state fans at the reaction. And this is unfortunately something we see whenever an incident like this comes up. So it's not just unique to this situation, But it's really unfortunate that that's the first place we go. When when the news broke, when when this broke a couple nights back, that two Ohio State players were being arrested for rape allegations, the first place anybody should have gone or should not have gone is, well, this frees up scholarships. Or, well, how does this affect Ohio State this year? Or, well, how does this look to opposing fans? Those are all secondary and tertiary issues that we should not be addressing right off the top it's okay to think about them it's okay to talk about them there is a time and place for it but that shouldn't have been the priority that shouldn't have been the number one thing the number one go-to response when all of this broke but it is a sad situation look it's sad no matter how you slice it if, if the allegations are true this is we don't have to say it it's awful um, you know, I think some people bend over backwards to try to look uh, shocked and, and upset by it. But there's no reason to try. It really is just a bad situation. I don't think you have to sugarcoat it any. And it's it's a bad situation if it's not true, okay? If, if for some reason this allegation is false and it was a consensual act and uh, for whatever reason in the world that somebody would make this up if she did then it's, it's it's a tragic situation that that they're put in this situation and two young lives could be ruined because of it. It's a bad situation no matter how you slice it. The odds are not in favor of a good resolution for anybody involved no matter how this case plays out. But it is what it is. We've arrived to this point. Jocelyn Witt and Amir Reap no longer members of the Ohio State University football program. Let's hope that if they did do it that justices served and they get put behind bars. And if not, well, then hopefully charges will be dropped or they'll be found not guilty and they'll be able to move on with their lives. Hopefully resume football career, somebody somewhere for somebody, but we're a long way from that. Uh, uh, these cases usually don't go away easily or quickly. So we'll see what happens in the future. But Jocelyn went Amir reap kicked off Ohio state. That was made official on Wednesday by Ryan Day and The Ohio State University. Uh, We will see what happens, and obviously keep an eye on the case And in the event there is something more breaking, whether or not uh, somehow charges are dropped or they become back in play for Ohio State. But I don't think that's going to happen, so we can only hope for justice no matter what that is in this case. Ohio State basketball coming up with a much-needed, pretty good win at home against Rutgers. We'll talk about that here coming up in just a minute. Ohio State basketball looked the part Wednesday night at home against Rutgers at one point leading by 20. Granted, they really had to hold on. They wound up winning by six after it got down to three in the final minute. But uh, And score one for Vegas, by the way. This was a five-and-a-half-point spread. Ohio State favored at home, and it wound up being six. It obviously cannot land on five-and-a-half points but six was about as close as Vegas could come to being right on the money with us. So it's sometimes scary how good those guys are. And I know you don't, some of you don't like when I use analytics, but that's why I, I use them because analytics are, they're not perfect. They're not always right. But man, they are right a lot more than they are wrong. I, I thought Ohio State, even in letting Rutgers back in the game, played pretty well. It, it, they didn't do a lot. Wrong. They had a few unforced unforced turnovers down the stretch. I thought they had a few defensive snafus. But for the most part, Ohio State didn't really... They weren't too clumsy, okay? They didn't let Rutgers back in the game. I thought Rutgers, who, by the way, a tremendous defensive basketball team. If you didn't realize this, didn't see this on Twitter that I, I posted this. Rutgers has the number five rated defensive efficiency in the entire country adjusted for competition, number five out of 353 Division I basketball teams. So that is a really good defensive basketball team that Ohio State uh, scored a lot of points on. And I know you look at it and say, well, it's 70 points, not a lot of points. But for a low-possession basketball game, I think it was 63 possessions. That is a really good offensive performance. In fact, adjusted for the competition – that was the third best offensive showing Ohio State has had all year. And I know some of you, some people will say well, only 70 points. That, that's not a, still not a great offensive showing. But again, low-possession basketball game as Ohio State has been having so many recently combined against a number five defense in the country, and that was actually a really good offensive performance. But hey, credit Rutgers for getting back in the game. Didn't think Ohio State played that poorly down the stretch. Rutgers is just a tough, physical team. And Chris Holtman said this best after the game. That Rutgers team just keeps coming at you in waves. Northwestern had a 16, 17-point lead in the second half, and Rutgers came back and won in overtime. And it's not that Northwestern just totally gave the game away. Rutgers just never stops coming at you defensively. They're physical. They have shot blockers. They have a... Kind of a New York City type offense, and that they're really tough-minded kids. They're not afraid of shooting the ball and scoring. You got to like what Steve Peichel, the head coach, has done there in a short time. But it came down to Ohio State just doing their thing, and I thought the most uh, the the most productive thing to come out of this game for Ohio State it was kind of the reemergence of Luther Muhammad. Dwayne Washington played a really good game. Still a few bad shots and. By the way, Dwayne Washington has got to learn to go up with his left hand. I don't know why he does this, but so many times when he's going in for a layup on the left side of the rim, he goes up with his right hand and he misses. He gets shots blocked too easily. I don't know why he's so against using his left hand to finish on the left side of the rim, but that's neither here nor there. Thought he played a pretty good game. Luther Muhammad made a couple three-pointers. He got elevation on his shot, got some arc back on his shot. He didn't look very mechanical. He, sh- he went up into his jump shot with a lot of confidence. That's great news right there if you're an Ohio State fan. Having Dwayne Washington playing better, Luther Muhammad making shots again, that is a step in the right direction for Ohio State, which has a chance to continue the momentum coming up this weekend with Purdue at home on Saturday. Purdue, like Rutgers, has not been very good on the road. They did win a game against Indiana, but then they turned around and gave that win away by losing at home just a couple days later. But for Ohio State, wins are the name of the game because almost everybody they have left, with the exception of Nebraska, is going to be a quality win. So with every single victory that Ohio State can get going forward, that's another win that puts them further and further into the NCAA tournament. I don't think at this point the concern is whether they make it because barring a total collapse, they will be in the NCAA tournament, but the chance at this, the, the, I think the important thing at this point is a, you want to work yourself up in the standings. It's a very, very cluttered situation in the big 10. One win can elevate you two, three, even four spots in the standings. As far as big 10 tournament seating is concerned, but it also gets you further up. Every seed line is going to be important for Ohio state if, and when They get to the NCAA tournament. But shooting, that's obviously doing well for Ohio State. That's not a problem. Cutting down on the turnovers is the other big thing. Probably the biggest thing offensively. The shooting has been very good for Ohio State most of the time. The turnovers can still improve. And the good news here is the last four games, three three out of the last four games have been acceptable turnover rates. 16% against Indiana, 12% against Michigan. Uh, It spiked a little bit with Wisconsin, 22%, which is back in danger territory, but this was back down to 17%. So three out of the last four games, Ohio state has been managing the turnovers. I thought they played with the most poise and composure against Rutgers and the best spacing that they've had offensively with the exception of the Indiana game in several weeks. So this was another step in the right direction they got to get CJ Walker making shots. It, it, he had a lot of open opportunities, but he's uh, so somebody mentioned uh, on Twitter that he was aiming the ball. I think that's very, very on point. I think he's aiming, he's got to get into his shot just a little more confidence. They got to get him making shots, especially with DJ Carton still out indefinitely. We don't know if he's going to be back this season or not. But if they get Carton going, especially now that maybe Luther's going, maybe that Dwayne Washington's going, uh, things are heading in the right direction. I, I know some of you will fight me on this and still look at the points and say the offense is, is whatever, it's bad, it's not doing what it needs to do. But I'm seeing the development here. I'm seeing the progress. They're slowly starting to look like the Ohio State basketball team that we've seen earlier this year. The Wisconsin game, I think, was an anomaly. Wisconsin, you, you look at the teams they beat at home this year, Marquette and Indiana, Michigan state, Iowa, you go down the list. They beat so many good teams at home. Cole center is just one of those places like everywhere else in the big 10 this year, where there's been some inexplicable results. I can't explain it. Nobody really can other than to say the big 10 is really good. You're going to get those wacky results. The key is to keep winning at home. Ohio state has a chance to do that against Purdue. I think the Buckeyes are going to be fine. I think they're going to steal a win here, whether it's at Michigan State or at Iowa. One of these games coming up, I think they're going to wind up winning that nobody expects them to win. I really think things are good, or at least acceptable, and I think they're going to get better here down the stretch. I thought the game against Rutgers, despite kind of blowing the 20-point lead, still very acceptable result for the Buckeyes. Uh, real quick football-related note, if you may have seen this, Michigan State, rescued their coaching situation by grabbing Mel Tucker away from Colorado. I know there's a lot of talk about this because Tucker had previously said over the weekend he was not going to take the Michigan State job, was not going to leave Colorado. To be fair, when he made that comment, everybody, including Michigan State and Mel Tucker, thought that Luke Fickle was taking the Michigan State job. So Tucker didn't really have a job to accept at the time. And the money was probably not worth staying in the conversation. But what happens? Luke Bickle stays at Cincinnati. Michigan State, desperate for a coach, makes another run at Tucker. They upped the ante, offering him reportedly five point five million dollars to be the coach at Michigan State this year. He was making somewhere between two point four and two point six million at Colorado. That is a three million dollar raise. I said this on Twitter. It's my big pet peeve. There is a difference between changing your mind and lying. When Mel Tucker made the comments publicly on Twitter to recruits, to the administration at Colorado, I have no doubt he was telling the truth. He did not expect to be accepting, let alone being offered a job for Michigan State that was going to pay him $3 million more than he's making there currently. But this is the Big Ten money in play. We're seeing this now. Kudos to Michigan State. Look, Mel Tucker's probably not worth $5.5 million, but the difference between Mel Tucker and the next candidate possible for Michigan State is a huge gap. So if you're Michigan State, you have the money. The Big Ten schools at large have the money. That's why these are great jobs because schools like Michigan State who aren't elite, top-tier football programs still have the money to go out and pluck off a Mel Tucker. So for him, you have to take that job. I don't care what people say. I look. If somebody, let me let me back up and say it this way: If you personally value integrity, I know some people have used that word. If you value the integrity of keeping your word and saying I'm not leaving, despite being offered three million dollars, hey, I credit you for that. Okay, I I, I certainly do. There is nothing wrong with valuing your word. But I also think it is unfair to impose that moral standard on other people because $3 million, even for somebody that was making $2.5 million, a $3 million raise is a significant amount of money. Uh, you know, the difference between $2 million and... $2 million will, will buy you a nice lifestyle, but you start getting into $5 million... And you're buying your financial security, not only for your, yourself and your spouse, but also for your kids and your grandkids. So I, I think this is a big deal, and I completely support Mel Tucker for changing his mind. And that's what happened. You can't tell me he lied because nobody thought he was getting the job over the weekend. They came back and they offered more money. The Big Ten has that kind of money to spend, and they did it. And he changed his mind, and I say kudos. Look, not everybody would have done what he did. There are some people that may legitimately be saying, "Well, I wouldn't have done it," and that's fine. That's a great thing. I commend anybody that truly can look you look in the mirror and say, "I would not have taken that job." But for him, I think it's a great opportunity. I can't. I don't think it's fair for anybody to criticize him taking it. But I will say this: as far as it is uh, as far as the Big Ten is concerned, how it pertains to the league. I think this is a good hire. Obviously, he has some issues there. The in-state talent is not very good to begin with. He's sharing that with Michigan. We'll see if the off-field issues for the university come into play as far as the lawsuit. Will an NCAA investigation transpire from that? A lot of questions still to be determined. Mel Tucker is not a slam dunk, but I think this is a good of a hire as Michigan State could have done given the situation. So Mel Tucker... Now your head coach at Michigan State University should be a fun league, as we've come to expect from the the East Division, especially with Ohio State, Penn State, the team up north, Michigan State, and now Indiana, who's suddenly a very consistent program. Maryland possibly coming on strong. Greg Schiano doing great things at Rutgers to start. Very, very tough division. Anyhow, that's going to do it for Locked On Buckeyes today. Thanks for giving us a listen. Make sure you find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platforms. Tell your friends and family. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many other third-party platforms. If you are interested in growing a business, especially one in Ohio, but anywhere in the country for that matter, you want to target an audience and uh, expose your business to Buckeye fans everywhere, make sure you text the word ADVERTISING at 33 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and we'll get you more information about how to grow your business by advertising with lock On Buckeyes. Thanks for giving us a listen today. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAMA. Follow the show at Lockon On Buckeye. We'll see you again on Friday. Have a great one, everybody.